So let's get back to dealing with uh, the hauntings from the ghost of Christmas past. Uh, we're in part two today of a three-part message series. Uh, we're talking about painful things that uh, often emerge at this time of year. They become more painful, and we're going to try and let God's Word, God's Spirit speak to us in these times to do these painful things in a very, very real way so we can face them. So just a heads up today, I need to warn you, it's going to be a little bit heavy. So I want to I wanna tell you on the front side to be prepared. Uh, we're going to talk um, about the deeply painful emotion known as shame. Um, what, what's so interesting about Christmas time and the holidays is that, is that people seem to battle shame from the past in this season more than the rest of the year. Shame can be described like this, okay? Shame is a soul-crushing, identity-warping emotion, so, right, it is going to be fun after all, right? That's, that's what we're starting with. And uh, I bet most of you, if you think back in your childhood, you can probably remember uh, some of those first times that you uh, came in contact uh, with, with shame. You, you did something and, and you experienced that feeling of shame. And maybe even now, your, your, your early shame memory is coming back to you. I, I, I know that I, I have one. And maybe you can recall somebody in that place saying, shame on you, and, and, and there was. Um, and, and it felt like you got hit in the stomach, and, and you, your head kind of goes down, and your, your cheeks go red, and you can feel the burn of shame all the way up to the very edge and top of your ears. It's, a, it's truly a penetrating experience. And there's a distinct difference between guilt and shame, and well, what is guilt? Well, well, guilt is I feel bad about what I did because of that. And shame is the idea that I am bad. And so we have a tendency to connect the what with the who. We connect what we did with who we are. I did bad, therefore I am bad. And we believe, well, she rejected me, therefore I am nothing. After what I did, I am worthless. And years go along, and uh, I can think, I remember my early shame, and then I, you know, you, you practice shame. And so as I'm growing up, I do more things, and they convince me that I am a bad person. So we can fast forward to sixth grade. I'm not sure of exactly sixth grade, but somewhere around there. I was coming home from school, and there was a small hill that uh, my friends and I, we like to climb on the way. It's a little bit out of the way, but we like to climb the hill. And in the middle of the hill, there was a small hole. The hole was always there, and we would imagine, we'd pretend together that one day we would climb the hill, and in the hole, there would be a big bag of treasure. And well, one day, we did climb the hill, and there was a bag in it. It was a bag full of Playboy magazines. They get your attention. They keep your attention. And I came home and I saw my mom and my mom looked at me and she said, hey, uh, what have you been doing? You, it took you a little longer to come home today. And I was like, oh, she knows. She knows. She sees it. I had this massive, overwhelming sense of shame. There's a rush of adrenaline that comes in, but it's followed by the hangover of shame. And once again, I am bad. I am bad. Not I did bad, but I am a bad person. And there may be uh, some of you here this morning that you came with a secret. You're carrying a secret addiction. 
Um, and you don't want anybody to know. Internally, because of that, you would embrace the idea and you would think repeatedly, I am a horrible person. Maybe you told a lie and, and, and somebody uh, was hurt by that, and you're carrying that lie, and I am a bad person because of what I did. And perhaps you're looking at something that you shouldn't be looking at. You know, you're a Jesus follower, right? And yet you're engaged in a secret world of lust. Um, and because of that, you feel, I am a very bad person. Maybe it's your past. All right. you, you've got a sexual past, and you're like, man, if they only, if all these smiling people only knew about my sexual past, they wouldn't let me through that front door. If they only knew what I did, they would throw me out right now. And you're consumed with shame. You internalized it, and, and, and now you hear it. It's, it's a voice that you know only too well. I am not a good person. And before long, you put more words to it, okay? And what do you say? Here are some different uh, words that you might label onto your identity. And you say, I am defective. I am damaged. I am broken. I am flawed. I am dirty. I am ugly. I am impure. I am disgusting. I'm unlovable, I am weak, I am pitiful, I am insignificant, I am worthless, I am unwanted. Oh, even just saying that stuff is just horrible. Let's get a drink of water to wash that back away. But this is what goes on in our head and it's depressing and there's the shame Shame is a very real emotion. It's not just for the weak. It's not just for someone else. I told you it was going to be a little bit heavy today, and I want to allow it to be heavy for a little bit more. When your identity is colored by something that you did, and you start to embrace a negative view of who you are, you adopt what is called or what is known as a shame-based mindset. And here's three big ideas about what a shame-based thinking, how it impacts us, okay? So the first one is that we become vulnerable to per perfectionism. We attempt to silence our shame with an error-free performance. We find it difficult to ever admit failure. We want to silence the shame by performing at the highest standard and say, look, I'm not that bad. I did it. I exceeded. I'm better than I got it just right. And we may become vulnerable to perfectionism. The second thing is that huh, we're critical of ourselves, and that makes us critical of others. We're very, very hard on ourselves. And in, in that, in turn, makes us hard on other people. So what, what happens? How does this work out? We see our own faults mirrored in other people. And when we see our faults in other people, we become judgmental of them. And then they perceive us as arrogant, self-righteous. And that's why you, you observe many times when you find someone who's, who's an angrily critical person, so often that person is dealing 
with a very, very real, dark, secret shame. Why? Well, they, they reflect their own weaknesses and they set it on other people and they lash out at that because they hate that thing that dwells within them. So, church today kind of feels like we're doing a little bit of training to be on the BAU and criminal minds, right? So, you'd be able to identify those serial killers in the room. Hope you're not here. Uh, actually, that's not true. I hope you're here better here than somewhere else. Uh, the third thing, we use self-defeating thoughts as a form of protection and escape. So, what do we do? We, we, we focus on the worst possible outcome saying, this bad thing is going to happen and they're never going to like me. And I'm never going to amount to anything, and I'll never have a close relationship. And who could honestly forget those incredibly penetrating words from Margaret White? You know Carrie's mother? They're all going to laugh at you. And through our self-defeating thoughts, we end up sabotaging opportunities and relationships. And that's why Christmas can so suddenly just go out of control. What happens? You know, you're sitting around the table. It's, it's extra squished. There's food. There's too many people around the table. And for some reason, your mom just lashes out at you. And you think for no reason. You go, where did that come from? And we recognize that she might just be dealing with some internal identity warping shame. And that causes her to say something harmful. Or maybe your, your, your dad goes off and he gets drunk and he disengages from everyone. And you're like, oh, there he goes again. That's my dad. And you don't recognize that it's his unhealthy and unproductive way of coping with a very real and internal shame. Maybe your in-laws, they, uh, they pick at you for the way that you live your life or the way that you're raising your kids. And you say, why would you do this? And the reality is perhaps they feel inadequate. Like, like they didn't succeed at doing everything that they wanted to. And they mirror that onto you. And so they pick at you. Maybe it's not just them. Maybe it's you. What do you do? Maybe you become hypercritical of everybody else. Because deep down, you're very critical of yourself. And you're reflecting an inward warped identity battling with shame. Today, as we work to shine a little light into the dark corners, the goal and my prayer is that our God will do a healing work in many people to bring them free of the dark and devastating emotion of shame. My prayer for you comes from the prophet uh, Isaiah in, in his writings. And so we're just going to jump in kind of to the middle uh, of where the prophet Isaiah is releasing the words of God given to him for the, his beloved people, Israel. And I believe that this will uh, also be God speaking to many of you. God said, fear not. You will no longer live in shame. Don't be afraid. There is more, there's no more disgrace for you. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth. So internalize that. Let it go inside. Feel the power of what God is saying here. He says, fear not. You will no longer live in shame. Don't be afraid. There is no more disgrace for you. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth. 
Why is it that you're, uh, as a Jesus follower, we can, we can be completely free from the shame of our past? 1 John 1, 9, a great verse. If, if, if you can't memorize much, memorize this one. It's well worth having. You can play it again and again in your head. It's an amazing promise. He says, if we confess our sin, He, God, is faithful and just, and He will forgive us our sin, and He will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here's the good news. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation, and the old is gone. God separates your sins as far as the east is from the west. He does not hold them against you anymore. Uh, You are free. And so when Paul was writing to uh, what was going to become his friends in Rome, he said, therefore, based on what we've already looked at, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Our good God forgives you and remembers your sin no more. If anyone calls on him, he is faithful to forgive our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, if our good God is that good and His forgiveness is that real, then why do we continue to live in shame? Maybe you've been a Jesus follower for a long time, right? And you, and you know that truth up here. You've heard it. I heard those verses. I know those verses. Why do you not feel it and embrace it in your heart? The truth is, shame, shame is incredibly difficult. It's very, very difficult. It hooks into us. It's hard to overcome shame because it has become part of our identity. That's the only me I know. So we're going to look at this through a historical kind of um, story, and then we're going to look at it, um, how it kind of works out in our lives, okay? So let's go back in time. Imagine with me, if you will. We're going to go back to Egypt, balmy temperatures, particularly nice today, right? Palm branches gently um, waving over you to keep you cool. Someone feeding you one grape at a time, enjoying it all from your Nile Riverside house. So that's not our story at all. We're going to go and join Jacob's descendants, okay? Jacob and his family moved to Egypt when his son Joseph was the second in command in Egypt. And things have gone bad since then. They've gone down. They've gone way down since that day. And these people had multiplied, and they had multiplied themselves into being perceived as a threat to Egypt. And so Egypt turned them into slaves. And they have been slaves now, when we jump into this story, about 430 years. So as you're imagining, you're a slave, right? At the end of 430 years, you were a slave, and your parents were slaves, and your grandparents were slaves. Everyone you know was a slave, and you've been a slave day after day, and week after week, and month after month, and year after year, and decade after decade, and century after century, you have been slaves, and your identity at that point is that I am worthless. I am nothing. I'm just a slave. I'm not important. My life is not valuable. I'm simply a slave. Then, at just the right point in history, God raised up Moses. And Moses went to Pharaoh and he said to to Pharaoh, let my people go. And then there's the uh, oh-so-famous plagues that they kind of roll in and God's people. Now they are finally, after four centuries, freed from slavery. What happened, though? They were free outwardly, 
but most of them were still slaves inwardly. They were slaves to the shame of their past. That was their identity. Though they were out of slavery, slavery was not out of them. Though they were free from prison, they were not yet free in their hearts. And this is the problem, I think, that so many of us have. We may intellectually know, we have heard, Jesus has forgiven my sins. Jesus has made me new. But in our hearts, because our identity is not yet grounded in Christ, we are still polluted by past shame. And it holds us hostage and keeps us from living the life that God really wants us to live. Here's the bottom line. You can jot this one down if you'd like. You're still believing that you are something that God says you are not. You're committed to disagreeing with God. It's shame-based thinking, and it warps our identity. Okay, I want to take it to another level. Uh, I want to tell you how this has played out in my life. So this is the hard part for me, easy for you, hard for me. Uh, And I'm going to try and be really transparent, and I'm going to tell you how God has been uh, taking me on a journey to overcome some of my shame-based thinking. And to be real honest, I'm I'm not ashamed uh, of the stuff, uh, a lot of stuff in my past, like the story before, it's, it's my past. I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that I've been forgiven. And so those things don't hold me down. But what does periodically pop its head back up to kind of pull me back down is my distorted view of my identity that I've been working on for years to find complete healing in. And in recent years, I think God has helped me to make significant progress in this. But my distorted view of myself is this. When I am living in a shame-based mindset, my unhealthy and distorted view of myself is that, okay, uh, first remember that it's the, uh, I did that, so I am bad, right? That's sort of an idea. This is what I believe. I am not enough. That's my shame-based mindset. I'm I'm inadequate. No matter what I do, it's not good enough. I'm always going to be inadequate. And I will never, ever be enough. That's the distorted, shame-based identity that often holds me back and pulls me down. So being here where I am, understand that there is struggle, right? But I am committed to helping you find your freedom in Christ, even if it costs me my pride and to some degree my privacy. There is freedom in exposing our vulnerabilities, And I want you to know the truth and not a polished up for Sunday version for display. My issues might not seem as big to you as they seem to me. But that's all the pain of the problem. I believe that there is always someone who's more qualified, more educated, more wise, more understanding and more gifted than me. It's a battle for me to stand in the position that I stand in front of you because I know I'm not perfect. It's not the public speaking part. I kind of have worked with that one and I still get nervous regularly, but not enough to stop me from living out the call that is on my life. But it's that feeling that reasserts itself when you're alone and it's dark, not enough. Maybe that resonates with you and maybe it doesn't. 
My shame need not be yours. And here's where I get into trouble. Regularly, I struggle with the sense that I disappoint people, that I can't meet them. I can't be there. I can't speak at that thing. I didn't organize that thing. I can't, I can't do that. I can't keep up with the things that I see around me, and I can't keep up with what I want to do, and I certainly can't keep up with everything that everybody else wants me to do, and so it reinforces this shame idea that I'm not good enough. And when I'm unhealthy, what I do is I say, I'm going to dig in. I'm going to prove it. And then when I get very vulnerable, I think that sometimes, sometimes I will be enough. I will be enough for everybody who is asking. And I'll be enough for everybody even who's just walking by and who asks for something. I will be enough. I can do it. I can just do it all. And if I could just be a little bit more like someone else, you know, someone who's more successful than I am, how, how would they do it? What would they do in this situation? And I try to imagine more. I try to do more. I try not to disappoint. That's how my shame-based thinking takes me into a very, very unhealthy place. That's my battle. What's yours? If you're really, really honest, a lot of you would say it's worth the time to try and map out where my shame-based thinking ends up taking me. So again, welcome to Into One, right? The home of the broken, all right? The march of the unqualified. Get in line. We're still going after Jesus. So what's the solution? All this leads up to a solution, okay? And this is what really, really matters. You can jot this part down if you want to as well. The only way to heal from shame is to move the focus from what I'm not to who Christ is. And whenever you're focused on yourself, you're going to come up short again and again and again in my way or in your way. Because if you think um, something bad about yourself, it might actually be partially true. I'm going to get a little bit in your business right now. If you think, hey, I am a bad person, can I just say, you know, respectfully to you, yes, you kind of are. Uh, you're kind of a sinner, and so am I. If you think I'm inadequate, well, guess what? Right again. You're not designed to do life on your own. That was never the point. That's what into one is for, to bring together. You need help. You and I are inadequate. And if you focus on yourself, you're always going to come up short. And that's why we have to move the focus off. You know what? This is not about who I am. But move the focus to who Christ is. This is a mental choice that we make. He is the solution to our shame. And you know what? If you've been here for a while, you know I talk about partnership all the time. And I know that I do. I do it on purpose because it's still a place of wonder for me. The Almighty, the infinite creator of all that is, has chosen to work in and through me. And that concept, that realization, that understanding changed my life. And I would so love it to change yours also. And it's my sincere prayer that you would find your freedom in Christ. 
when you see that he has chosen to work in you and to work through you. You are what he says you are. You are enough. And as long as your plus one is Jesus at work in you by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are enough. But I'm not going to be the only one who gets to feel all vulnerable and exposed today, all right? If you look in your notes, I've got some blanks for you. And I wrote out a sentence there with a couple of blanks. And this is where you need to get to work. This is where you get to be honest. This is where you get to get over and identify your shame-based identity. To have the courage to be transparent. To open up your life a little bit. To let the guard down, to let somebody in, to be honest with God and say, I need your help. I need your healing in this place in my life. And you can ignore this part. You can pretend like I'm not actually talking to you. You're free to stay exactly the way as you are. But my hope is that once again in this place that you will once again choose to be in earnest pursuit of Christ and and to meet him and to let him meet you and to be transformed by him, to let him free you and to partner with you. And what I've put in the notes is this, I'm not blank, right? Whatever it is. I don't know what you're going to fill in your blank, but then you fill it with the truth. Um, Because of Christ, I am what? So let me give you a couple of ideas to help you, because I know that sometimes it's hard to get the things going. You might say, I'm not bad. I'm not going to focus on that. Because of Christ, I am forgiven. I'm not sick. Because of Christ, I am healed. I'm not broken. Because of Christ, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone. I've become new. I'm not disgusting. Because of Christ, I am loved. And I, and I might say it like this, it's not just that I'm inadequate. Because of Christ in me, Christ is more than enough. Christ in me is more than enough. Christ in me is more than enough. Remove the focus from myself, from yourself, and place it onto Christ. Go eyes up again. And that's where we start to find healing. So you remember those Israelites 430 years, 430 years, and God sets them free. They're out of Egypt, but Egypt's not out of them. They're out of slavery, but in their minds and in their hearts, they're still in bondage to the shame of the past. And God speaks to them through Joshua years after they're actually free. The Lord said to Joshua, Today, he said today, not tomorrow, not after three years of counseling, not after you've paid your dues, but because of our good God in his presence in this moment by his grace from his power through his spirit today. Today, God says, I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. Today, I've rolled it away. Today, at this moment, there is no more shame. Shame was on you. Now, because of God, shame is off you. Feel it. Shame was on you, but God, by His power, by His grace, by His goodness, today, not later, 
Today, today, shame is off you. Your enemy tries to tell you, shame on you. You're no good. No, 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 no. I may not be good, but because of God, I am forgiven. Or it may sound like this, you are pathetic. Again? No, 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 no. Because of Jesus Christ, his power is what I need. Anytime the enemy says to you, shame on you. No, God rolled it off me. He rolled it away. And the shame is no longer there. Understand this and embrace it. You are not what you did in the past. You are not what others say you are. You are not even what you think you are. You are not what somebody did to you. Who are you? You are who Christ says you are. You are who Christ says you are. If you are in Christ, who are you? You are free. You are forgiven. You are changed. You are redeemed. You are healed. You are blessed. You are chosen. You are complete. If you are in Christ, the old is gone. And everything has become new. You are out of Egypt. And Egypt is now out of you. You are out of shame. And the shame is now out of you. Because today, today by the power of God, he rolled away the shame. There is therefore now no condemnation, no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So what is it for you? Odds are you carried a secret in here this morning. You made a decision, something you regret. You hurt somebody. You failed. And your enemy has tried to connect the what with the who. You're bad. You're dirty. Not good enough. You're nothing. Take the focus off you. And put the focus on who Christ is. Eyes up into one. We are Christ-centered. We are spirit-empowered. And we are mission-focused. And our eyes are on Jesus in the way that we live. And I might be a little bit inadequate. But Christ in me, that's ah, more than enough. Christ in me is more than enough. Christ in you is more than enough. And he can do everything. I can do everything that he calls me to do. I have everything that I need to do, everything that he has called me to do. Today, may the shame be rolled away. May you walk away knowing that you don't need to fear. Fear not. Your enemy tells you that you'll never be and you're never going to amount to and you'll never do that. You're not as good as they are. But if they only knew they wouldn't love you, right? You'll never make a difference. Fear not. Fear not because of God's power, because of his grace, because of what Christ did. That prophet Isaiah spoke to the people there. But hear it for yourself as well. Fear not. You will no longer live in shame. Do not be afraid. There is no more disgrace for you. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth. You are not what you did. You are not who others say you are. You are not even who you think you are. You are who Christ says you are. And if you are in Christ, you are a child of God. The old is gone. 
The new has come. And because of that, you no longer have to live in shame. You are free. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. And we thank you that at a very difficult and painful time of the year for so many people, we can meet the goodness of Jesus and find healing in his presence. And in this moment of reflection, consider where you are. Consider what you're living in. Don't let a moment like this go by. If you can start to say, I've got some shame-based thinking, and that can, it can pollute the way that I live. It can warp my identity, and I want the healing of God. I want to take the focus off me, and I want to put it on Christ. If, if that's you, if you're saying, that's me, that's what I want to do. My identity is not what it should be. I want Jesus to help and heal me. If that's you, then respond to God today. Raise your hand and let's pray for you right now. Let's not let this pause. Just be honest. Thank you. God, today I pray. I pray especially for those who may be even crying quietly, silently right now. Those who are breaking down on the inside. God, we thank you for the grace that we have through Jesus. God, God, we thank you that as we confess our sins, you are faithful and you are just and you will forgive us our sin, all of it, and that you will cleanse us, wash us, remove all of our unrighteousness from us. Father, may we not just embrace this in our minds, but may we believe it in our hearts. We are not what we did in the past. God, help us to be who you say that we are. And Father, I pray especially for those who are in deep bondage to a shame-based mindset, that you would give us very powerful words to place in those blanks. I am not whatever it is, but because of Christ, I am healed. Because of Christ, I am new. Because of Christ, I am forgiven. Because of Christ, I am changed. God, empower us to take the focus off ourselves and to put it on your Son who changes us and sets us free. Lead us forward, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.